0: Welcome to the Battle Ready podcast. I am Air McManus, joined by my father.
1: Father, you're being very formal today. I'm being very formal today. Uh, I thought you, I was your dad. You are my dad. All right. Well, I'm I'm Erwin McManus. Yes. And uh, so excited about this next episode of Battle Ready.
0: I'm very excited about this episode of Battle Ready. What? Can you just let's just dive in?
1: All right. Because uh, yes. I am absolutely excited that the NBA is back. In uh, fact, yesterday, your mom, my wife Kim, was unhappy with me because she didn't see me all day because I was in my back house watching games nonstop. And she basically was boycotting <laughs> my addiction. And I just been fascinated by why some players and some teams are thriving in the bubble and why others are not doing well as individuals or as teams. Yeah, why do you think that is? Well, the bubble is a perfect social experiment on the ability to deal with pressure because there are some people who are thriving in the bubble and others who are having
0: we're just going to say it right now the lakers aren't what they used to be they're having trouble they're having trouble in the bubble and in fact i was looking at. but the... honestly clippers are as well the clippers aren't the same the the, the chemistry is not the same montrez harrell is coming back but no he's back he's but that, back. but it is an interesting right like um uh what you were saying it's interesting experiment but I, is, I,
1: I think you're attaching uh, greatness that's um, in development, Clippers, and greatness that is underachieving with the Lakers.
0: Oh man! <laughs> so for all of our Lakers fans, we love both teams. We
1: do, but here's a, here's the issue. I think I just saw this statistic. I think it was like, but the same one, way that God one thousand, different, one thousand eighty different iterations of starting fives or playing fives. Yes. And of all the thousand plus iterations. The Laker 5 have the lowest uh, plus-minus of any players in the NBA. And I'm only saying this because the Lakers are the number one team in the West, and okay. they have the, the, the greatest player in um, our time with LeBron James and and Anthony Davis, who could equally be considered the best player in the NBA. And they're underachieving. And they were doing so well before they got to the bubble. And then you have the anomalies. Like, was it TJ? TJ Warren with the Pacers. Who has had fifty plus games, uh, yeah. points a game. And-
0: Wait, is it Nano? Nano Nano with, with um with Toronto, who's that Brazilian guy. Mm-hmm. Who, or no, with Philadelphia who scored seventeen last night. Oh wow. Or a couple
1: nights ago. Yeah. Okay, no, I haven't kept up with him, but I but I I have kept up with um is it Devin Booker? Devin Booker is and, nine and one, in and the who bubble. the Suns are seven and zero, undefeated in the bubble. Seven zero, yeah, yeah, seven and zero, yeah. And then you have um, other players who are just absolutely excelling in the bubble. Even Kawhi looks very comfortable in the bubble. Right. Whenever he wants to, he can just turn it so, on. So, what do you think it is? I think there's a lot going on, and and you you hear some of it. Like I think in one of the interviews or something that LeBron said, "Well, there's a lot more going on here than what's going on in the court," yeah. and that's exactly right that there are that all sports are psychological in the end because yes the differential between high school and college and college and pro is that there are filters of talent that talent basically ends your career in high school talent may end your career in college but there comes a certain point where in your in your world everyone is of somewhat equal talent and now it becomes a mental game. Now the difference is psychological. It's not about who can jump the highest or run the fastest. I mean, you look at, um, um, uh, is it Luka?
0: Luka Doncic? Yeah. Dallas Mavs. Yeah,
1: and you, you know, you try to break him down into physiology. He's not that fast. He doesn't seem to be able to jump that high. Um, he doesn't seem to have only lean muscle mass. Right. And yet he... Is absolutely thriving. Yeah. And he's an extraordinary player and he seems to thrive in the bubble. He seems to thrive under pressure.
0: What do you think it is that makes the difference? Under pressure, in the bubble, same circumstances. We talked about this before this happened. We, thought, we think that the Clippers will do better because Kwai is an introvert and doesn't actually need the fans. Not that he doesn't like the fans, but he doesn't have an Instagram. Mm-hmm. He's kind of a, a black hole when it comes to media. He mm-hmm. barely talks in interviews. And then you've got LeBron, who is the kind of the the, the spotlight is always on him. He's the kind of
1: the greatest show, greatest the, show the greatest, man. The greatest yeah. show,
0: man He's at the Lake yeah. show. He he's this could be his third championship with a with a third team, like three different champions. No, I'm saying is his fifth, fourth championship, fifth championship. Uh, it would, four, it right? would be his fourth, be his fourth, but with a, th- a third team, with a third team, right? And then you have Kawhi yeah. Leonard. Who won last year with Toronto Raptors, and now and he's coming to the before Clippers.
1: the Spurs. So this will be his third championship with the third team.
0: Do you think it's because this is going to be an interesting parallel? So this is not a sports podcast. This is not a sports podcast.
1: No, but but, but I but I'd, sports are but a great close. microcosm of life. But
0: here we go. Do you think LeBron's greatness is due? Of course, he has an athletic ability. He's incredible. But do you think he's slowing down and unable to achieve what he has been able to achieve in the past and even just this year and this season because he doesn't have the same fan base watching him encouraging him he does it for the show he does it for the entertainment he's a gladiator
1: well you asked me what do i think it is and if i had to Reduce it to one word. I would say resilience. No,
0: what I asked you was, do you think he's doing it because? No, at first you said what is then the, you didn't the answer difference? it. So then I asked it differently,
1: and and so I'd say that now the you first want to say, thing I no, do no, is answer the thing I, I asked. I go back second. and say that we need to study resilience. Okay, no, no, but, but do you think it has to do with the fact that he doesn't have fans in front of him? Yes, because um, it also has to do with energy. That it's it's not necessarily even just about what people would say like ego. It has to do with energy. Some players are motivated and energized by the crowd. They're energized by the spectator. They're energized because they want to be in the limelight. They want to be seen. And it 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 enriches their life to feel as if they've entertained.
0: The reason why I'm kinda of, I'm kinda of sticking you to this train of thought because I want to like parallel that to right now. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there are companies, organizations, influencers, pastors, churches? who have struggling because when they're not in front of people, they lose the desire to actually speak.
1: It's not even losing the desire. It's uh, they, they're they losing their source of energy for their speaking gifts. And because uh, I, I want to go back. All right. So you're looking at energy. So you look at maybe players like LeBron who are uh, so energized. You can tell that they, they actually create energy in the room through the fans. Right. And then you have people at the other end. It takes
0: a certain level of gravitas and charisma to be able to pull an arena of 18,000 people, 15,000 people yeah. together.
1: And in our city, we have a perfect study of an extroverted team, the Lakers, and an introverted team, the Clippers. Yeah, completely branded the, differently. It's yeah. the
0: Lake Show at Staples Center. Yeah. And then it is, it is uh, what is it's it? It's really... Um, together.
1: Yeah. It, it, yeah it's, Clippers'
0: whole motto is we do, togetherness, yeah, right? Together,
1: yeah. Yeah. And it really is almost like the grit show. The grit show. You know, yeah, it's not about what people see in in the spotlight. You know, it's yeah. what um, what you're doing in the streetlights. It's what you're doing every day, and that no one else is seeing. And I don't know who's going to win. It's going to be really fascinating. That's to are me, win. That to me isn't. Oh yes, I. I, I we have hope to that. we have to commit to predictions because. Well, I'm committed. We gotta I look s- back. I, look, I said at the beginning of the season I thought it was going to be Clippers and Celtics. Right. So we'll see if uh, I'll hold to that statement, and I'm just going to. Play that out, write that out.
0: I do think that it would be more interesting to watch the T- Toronto Raptors versus the, the Clippers, Clippers just because Kawhi left, and that's just like an incredible story to lose your main player and to still make it to the the finals and to mm-hmm. make it to, to that, that big game. But the Celtics are a better team, and I think it'll be more fun to actually watch them and interesting, so.
1: Oh, you can't even have this conversation without talking about Dame. No, no, but I want to no, go we, back. We, we no, got to, no, 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 we gotta no, no. stop. No, you can change the subject. Some love to Dame right no, now.
0: No, no, let's go back. No, no, you keep changing the subject. Do you think tie this into what's what to art to to this world as well? Mm-hmm. You don't want to. Why don't you want to?
1: I do. I just I just wanted to talk a little about the players. A let's little go bit.
0: to Let's go to Dame. <laughs> but if you're not into sports, this isn't really applicable right now.
1: Oh, Who's not into sports that listens that's to true. us? Okay, that's no. <laughs> true. That is
0: true. That's true. I asked someone this week. You know, when you meet when you meet someone, you're like, okay you know, what are the important things when you're going to date somebody, right?
1: Like, do you love God and do you love basketball? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I was going to say about Dame is that um, it seems to me that what's more important for um, for Dame is that he carries the brand. Damien
0: Lillard on the Portland tra- Trailblazers.
1: Right, who has never, never left, left Portland, who believes in the city, who invests yes. in the community, uh, who has become really the 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 brand of the city. Yep. And I think that as long as he's wearing that Treroblaze jersey, he's going to try to play at an optimal level.
0: When he came out this week, someone, someone who um, was close with Damian Lillard came out after he dropped 61 points against, I'm not entirely sure who he was playing against, mm-hmm. dropped 61 points in a game after earlier in the week people had said, you know, it's it's not Dame time. Damian Lillard isn't gonna be. Did he chokes? He yeah. chokes, and you know he's had great you know moments, but you know he's, there's no way they're gonna make it to the playoffs into the eight seed. And his friend came out and basically said that Dame told him he never wants to go to a super team. You know, and he asked him for advice: Should I go to a super team? And he's like, <laughs> What do you want to do? And he's like, I want to beat every super team that ever exists.
1: Again, the reason I wanted to highlight, and take a moment, just kind of look at the topography of it, is that there's so many different personalities on so many different kinds of teams. Some of them are players that were already famous, uh, like Damon, some are some that were almost obscure, like um, TJ, who was traded to the Pacers for... Uh, money considerations right yeah and cash, he cash, cash considerations. considerations and and he took that as an insult said so I'm worth more than cash considerations yeah
0: so which which that means if you don't know basketball it means they literally traded him from a team essentially cut him with the trade so he's not worth anything they the said worst. yeah like give us some money if you want for yeah. for his contract
1: all right so here let's just break it down for a minute I said one is resilience because resilience is really the ability to overcome unexpected pressure. So these are these are the mental
0: attributes you need. Yeah. To succeed inside of under pressure moments. Right. If
1: you're gonna if you're in the trouble in the bubble moment in your life and you're wondering how to elevate above this. Right. And and the challenge with resilience is that if you don't have it before the crisis, uh, you're not going to necessarily build it in the crisis. Okay. And so you have to choose to build these muscles before you're in the bubble. Hmm. And that's the thing, you see, the players who are trying to build new muscles in the bubble are not doing as well. The players who built these muscles, these mental muscles, before they got to the bubble, they're thriving. But the two things you can focus on, uh, because I'd say resilience is the long game. The short game is focus and energy. Uh, From my observation, the players that are thriving are able to focus and, and harness their energy. The ones that are not thriving, the teams that are not thriving, haven't been able to um, to master focus in the bubble and they haven't been able to master energy in the bubble. Mm. And so you can hear that in their interviews, you can hear that in the conversations when they say, well, you know, we've never done this before. I've never played in a bubble before. I've never tried to win a championship in a bubble before. I've never played without fans before. As if you're the only one struggling through that. Yep. And the, the reality is that um, in, in the objective reality of competition, you shouldn't complain about anything that every other player is having to go through.
0: Yeah. Oh, and I also, I think this is an interesting <laughs> conversation. It's taking us down a cool path because I also want to talk about distractions. Talk about distractions. Right, because which is opposite like of focus. Focus and energy will build resilience in the long run. Very so, good. But no. I also want to talk about distractions because I feel like the teams who are suffering the most, I would say, like, also, I think, I, I'm a Clippers fan, but I'm also Clippers' biggest Critic, mm-hmm. I think we aren't there. Our chemistry is not there. Our offense is okay. We have we have some incredible players, but unless we get Montrez Harrell back and Lou Williams on that second team, and they thriving, get that energy and they get the that, chemistry back, we will, we're going to be missing 36 points every game.
1: And we don't have Beverly, and so yeah, and we do Our pieces haven't right. come together in the bubble the no, way no, there's we has been
0: because there's been lots of distractions. You get all these players that moved to the bubble, quarantined for seven to ten days, and then everyone left within like the week or two. People were going back home. People were taking care of. But Family others, issues,
1: funerals. Other players had worse situations on the outside, and they decided to stay in John the bubble.
0: John Caruso from the Lakers didn't go to his sister's wedding in Texas because he's like, look, LeBron's pouring everything into this. I'm not going to go back. I'll miss her wedding. It's okay. I'll be okay. You know, the, the, So there's this certain level of this ability to, yeah. to just go, okay, I'm going to ignore every distraction in my life. I'm going to focus on this one moment. I'm going to go down this path, and I'm going to watch myself succeed. It's interesting when you listen to people talk who are really successful, there is a certain level of selfishness which i would which we would call focus and energy in this moment but there is a certain level of going like okay i am going to ignore everyone not go out at night not going to talk to my family all the time i'm not going to go to every movie every party every you know social event and Mm -hmm. i'm going to like lock myself in a room and get better every single day there's this thing that if you can (laughs) but it feels like i'm like i'm I I say I'm introverted, but I like being around people. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that gets me caught up so much is all the distractions in the world. Mm -hmm. And then you get to the bubble, and we were so focused on ourselves. I was like, okay, now I'm freaked out. (laughs) And the further we go down, you realize that, like, now I have to actually take all this energy and focus it into things that are going to better myself so that when I get out of this, Mm -hmm. I'm a different person. I'm elevated. I've grown. I don't want to be the same, you know?
1: And if we could even just use this analogy uh the phoenix suns are one of the worst teams
0: yeah they're not gonna make the playoffs
1: they they have one of the worst records in the bubble right and they've been undefeated so i have to wonder to myself is this a team that has been so underachieving because of their lack of focus right and now that they're in the bubble they're being forced to focus they've chosen to focus and now they're actually optimizing their potential and I wonder how many of us think we're Phoenix sons uh, in our in our own talent and ability and capacity, because we've been so distracted that we haven't harnessed our skill and our capacity. yeah and and we blame it on everything else, except that if we would take hold of our opportunity and our potential and our talent, we could actually elevate at a, an extraordinary level.
0: Well, and not to pick on LeBron, because I think, Le- if, if, you know, this is the thing, you can criticize other people, but really I'm just using them as examples from what they've shared. Right, you can and,
1: criticize one of the greatest athletes of all time,
0: but I'm because <laughs> he'll be fine. But this, this, I always think this is funny, like when, when people criticize other people in public, especially other people that are public, like if they walked up to you, to you and were like, I want to be your friend, like would all those critiques stand no cuz i'd be like no i want to be your friend lebron can we be, can we can we go hang can we go hang yeah absolutely 100% so when i say like i'm not a i'm not a lakers fan it's really just in the fun of being a sportsman yeah you know if so if 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 you know they were like hey you want to come to a lakers game and 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 if like yes please i will burn my clippers stuff no and both of us would pull uh, uh, out
1: our secret lakers gear
0: <laughs> a secret lakers gear yeah you know i have the, i have the t-shirt and the hat in the jacket, chilling in the closet behind the clipper stuff,
1: just in case we need it. But but I thought, I think
0: it was interesting because LeBron said he's not hiding his phone this year. He's not turning off his phone like he normally does in the playoffs. He's like, because mm-hmm. my family's not here, I'm not gonna turn off my phone. There's all this stuff going on in the world, and I was like, I wonder if that's directly connected to this idea that he is distracted, right? Whereas like Kawhi, I don't really know if he's someone who like looks at his phone that often. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, like we're just using these kind of as like, you know, com- comedic examples but I do wonder if it's a mental shift of like something that you know you have to do to focus your energy to build resilience to also build this level of competitiveness and focus so that you actually achieve what you want to achieve at the end of the season or do we let these things get distracted due to different circumstances in our life Mm -hmm. you know if there's a pandemic in the world obviously it's going to change how we act and live but does it change but does the if the goal stays the same why do we let things change
1: us so easily right, so that's I'm going to ask you then. Oh, gosh. All right, because these guys, I mean, they're being paid millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. To live in a bubble, to be separated from their families and loved ones and and, uh, and life as they know it. Yeah. uh, To achieve a particular goal. And some of them, it seems, are elevating. Some are distracted. So what are the things in your life right now that you feel like are distracting you from stepping into the life that you actually just long for yourself. Yeah.
0: Well, I feel like often, I mean, this, we're going we're gonna, to <laughs> go down a, we're going to go down a hole right now. <laughs> distractions. I mean, I think there's, I think there's a certain level of, I think there's, I think there's distractions and there's free time. <laughs> <laughs> I think that you're not answering the question. <laughs> no, I mean, I think, I think, no. I, I think at times when I get distracted, I become self destructive. Hmm. Right i was thinking a lot about this you know we talk about is it a lack is it is it depression or is it a lack of discipline i said that in a a few episodes ago i think in our first episode back
1: that's such a great insight
0: and now i feel like oftentimes like i know i'm called and it isn't enough to not pick up the call sometimes i have to be so self-destructive that i can't be called anymore so it's like you know if you ever like broken your phone or thrown your phone Mm-hmm. Or just like tried to cut off all communication and I've tried different things and tried different things. I had followed everyone on Instagram because I just wanted to like kill Instagram in my life a little bit. I wanted to like remove as many different distractions from my life as I could to be focused and then I find myself still on Instagram looking at other people's stories, still DMing people, still saying hi to people, still connecting people. People are like, I thought you are taking a break. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm taking a break, but I'm taking a break from taking a break. <laughs> and so I think it's like, how do we, you know, I don't know so much about, we get distracted, but then it's it's like, how do we how do we swing back and like correct it and go, okay, that's a distraction or this is like maybe a black hole of my time, but how do I stay focused and hone in the energy? Because mm-hmm. the more I read, the more it's like, the more I read about how to be high-functioning, high-achieving, um, using the most of your intelligence and then my personality is that like I should work between 6 and 1 p.m. and then I should not do my main job or whatever I'm focused on that day from 1 to like 4 because that isn't actually your most effective hours. I'm more effective from 6 to 10 or 11 p.m. than I am from 1 to 5, but we work these jobs. I don't really work a job that is this. Your, your schedule is like get it done when you need to get it done. And accomplish, we need to get accomplished and go above and beyond. But I do think it 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 is finding what works for you. But if you don't have the freedom to like, you know, I get to make my own hours. Relatively, I'm on call. But you know, Mm -hmm. what do you do if you if you're not able to work within the zone
1: that is like your
0: primary heightened function? Yeah.
1: Does that make sense? Yeah. I I I mean, several things come to mind. The hardest arena of your life to take control of is your mind.
0: Yes and
1: why and it's i think it's the part of us that's most complex and okay so it is and i want to create like a hierarchy of this but like um like if you if you can take care if you can take a hold of your mind everything else will fall into place but it's the most difficult thing you know and even, when
0: you say take care of your mind what do you mean by taking care of it
1: and uh, well you know in, in the in the scripture it says take every thought captive Yes, to the obedience of Christ, and for those of us who are followers of Jesus, I go. Okay, that's almost an impossible intention to take every thought captive, because you have ten thousand thoughts and and hundred thousand almost thoughts, <laughs> you know, and thoughtlets, and you know, how are you supposed to take them all captive? And I right. think the uh, most of us, um, if if we try to take our thoughts captive, as if we're trying to catch every raindrop, we're going to go insane. But what we have to do is we have to harness the rain clouds, and so what that means is because you're about to say, Dad, what does that mean? No,
0: no, I'm not about to say that. I'm about to talk about OCD and high, high functioning brain patterns, <laughs> yeah. highly dis- dysfunctional yeah. brain patterns.
1: Stop trying to take a hold of every little thought, and take a hold of what you're thinking about. Mm,
0: that's really good,
1: right? Because yeah. if you don't, if you don't choose the direction of your thoughts, you will not be able to navigate. The multiplicity of those thoughts,
0: and that I think that comes back to this idea of like how do you focus your energy? How do you focus your thoughts? But I do sometimes I feel like when I'm high like I know that when I'm most creative and highest functioning, I'm also the most bizarre mentally. I know that my mind almost works and processes it at a level in which exhausts me so much. Like I was having this joke with a friend who works at a big company and 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 they said, you're either like so on, you're on a thousand, or you're ghosting everyone. <laughs> and I was like, it's true, like I am like that so much because it, like, I think I let things take over. Mm-hmm. Or I, you know, but also that's part of the joy. It's like, maybe that's the beautiful mind part of, of my life where I'm like, when I'm in something, I want to be completely in it.
1: Right, but so you have to be aware of your emotional, psychological pendulums. <laughs> okay. Just, well, I want to point this out. He said emotional
0: and he went down. <laughs> Yeah, and not, then no, he no. put his hand okay. he went he started high and, dealing, and then it went emotionally went down <laughs> really quick
1: cuz we all have these pendulums. Okay. And so if you look at your optimal pendulum and if you look at your your um destructive pendulum like let's say that's the spectrum, okay. right? Okay. Yeah.
0: And the good uh, versus evil, the yin versus the yang, the There you go. And the uh, darkness versus light.
1: <laughs> you you can actually if you pay attention begin to identify those patterns that are moving you towards your worst self. And yes. if you can identify the ones early enough, you can actually circumvent the extreme negative
0: space. Do you feel like, sometimes I feel like they're choices that I make and sometimes yes. I just feel like the are choices that are being made for me.
1: Right, whenever you feel like they're choices being made for you, that's when you're destined to go to the negative pendulum because you've already become powerless. Or, do, but what if
0: it about? Because like I have a low impulse control, right? Like we talk about. You, talk about, <laughs> like Aaron, you have a low impulse control. You you make dumb decisions naturally, and you have to like actually fight the downswing to stay. To I just stay say don't
1: the, don't say your first thought out loud.
0: <laughs> in the car, I mean, this is some context to this. In the car ride to this podcast. Um, he said, we had two conversations. We had a meeting in between the two conversations. And the first conversation, he said, your brain, you think very quickly and you respond even quicker. So you'd think naturally the thing would be think before you speak. Your thing was just just think, don't speak. <laughs> yeah, so don't you, say it all.
1: I said, whenever you hear something, your brain was really fast. And so you can actually, you actually see why it won't work. And so you can demor- demoralize people by, s- by immediately telling them why it won't work or why it's a bad idea, and then it, 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 it can so- actually make you a dam rather than a river.
0: <laughs> so what he said is, I've become the leader or the, the teammate that, that says no to everything.
1: Well, what I've said is- And is that connected to my- <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to cut him off before
0: he breaks me down in front of everyone. No, no what I I've, I've said is that you, you've, right now. you've improved tremendously- <laughs> And uh, well, I don't dramatically. think I, I don't think I have because we were talking about this. This is how this conversation happened. I don't <laughs> think he listens to our podcast, but who knows? You did a podcast <laughs> a week or two ago with Chad Veach, He uh-huh. was awesome. Oh, I a, love Chad. He's a pastor based in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and and it's funny because pe- when 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 Chad came to LA, there was a few other churches that started the same, uh, roughly around the same time. Mm-hmm. We all it was all kind of like within a year, mm-hmm. and before people kind of get really funny because it was weird when everyone started coming to LA and we were like, yeah. been in LA forever. But people were like, you know, is it weird that everyone, that like five main pastors started churches in LA at the same time? I was like, no, because like, you know, not the church scene, but like churches in LA kind of like sucked before. <laughs> it wasn't like, a, it, especially like for being a young person, like there was only like, you know, super Calvinistic, like traditional option and like mosaic on like the pendulum. There was a lot in between, mm-hmm. but there wasn't like unique expressions in the middle. I feel like now that like, chad and Jude and all these great people are here there's like a really beautiful like life-giving community of people it's like if, even if you go to a church that isn't us at least i know you're positive and you're happy but anyway that doesn't matter we, we brought up chad because i'm like chad is like genuinely the kindest warmest nicest person mm-hmm. so
1: optimistic and yeah encouraging so, and, and
0: your, you said your podcast was talking a lot about how christians could be so negative mm-hmm. some of the most negative people in the world right And whenever i get hate online i find it interesting because it's my friends who don't know god who are like why are christians so mean to each other (laughs) (laughs) and it's just it is an interesting observation from people and it makes us look horrible but so then i was comparing myself to chad and i was like yeah because if i was giving a message that chad gave on like you know why are christians mean everyone would be like everyone makes sense like chad you're the kindest person ever you should tell us to be nicer if I gave that message of like, hey, why is everybody so mean? They'd be like, hey, Aaron, maybe you should lead by an example and be nicer. And then my dad thought it'd be like really great to just like go for the jugular in that moment as we were turning a corner talking about Chad. And he was like, you know what about that? Like maybe you should be a little bit less, like don't don't say everything. And you say like, just don't say no right away. Right. And then I get out of the car, go to a meeting with my sister and one of my bosses, Elisa Duran, who's awesome, and... And then I immediately just start saying no to things to the point where Mariah goes like, could you say something nice? And no, she's like, could you say something positive? Could you say something positive? And, I, and in my head I went, well, apparently not.
1: No, you said, this would be great if. if and I just, <laughs> I, I just,
0: and I fell apart. And I fell apart in that there in that moment. And then we get back in the car and I was like, man, I really blew that thing that you were talking about earlier. And he said, you know what? Like you think your mind's like a cheetah. And yet you can't figure out how to pull, put on the brakes quick enough to stop for the next car. You always like end up like slamming on your brakes and the car goes and I keep apologizing. and you get your coffee all over yourself? And all that to say, it's unfocused energy in the wrong direction that causes right. pendulums to swing, distractions to happen, and choices to be made for me in which increases my low impulse control. And this is how we are on this podcast.
1: All right. Here's the thing. <laughs> To get stronger, you have to do more push-ups. How many and, more? No, no, listen. <laughs> and if you want to get weaker, you don't have to do less push-ups, just do no push-ups.
0: Do so, nothing for longer and you will get weaker.
1: Yes. Do you, and it, but if you want to get stronger, you have to decide to do something. Why do we think it's different with our emotions? Hmm. Why do we think it's different with our intellect? Why do we think it's different with our soul? If If you do nothing, you don't stay the same, you get weaker. Mm. If you stop doing the something you were doing, and this is is what I think sometimes we do, we do it like this, like, God, look at me. I'm reading my Bible. I'm praying. I'm being optimistic. I'm loving people. I'm serving. Yeah. I hope this creates the permanent change that I really want. Goodness. And, and then um, we stop doing it. I'm trying And then so. we revert back and we yeah. go, wait a minute, nothing changed. They go, it's just like saying you didn't have muscles before. You did have muscles before, but you stopped working out. I, you lost the muscles. But, some,
0: <laughs> but sometimes I just want it to be code right like like code i could copy and paste and insert into my like the back end of my brain that i can just like neo like hey i learned how to fly a helicopter in this moment because morpheus uploaded a program into my skull like <laughs> could, could god could like god could but god could you please just copy and paste some kindness and some like higher impulse control and could and could you copy and paste like maybe grace and 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 like And we wouldn't have this conversation because we have this conversation a lot. This also, I think, falls into like, you know, I used to say this thing. You have to love me for who I am. You have to accept me. This is just who I am. And after maybe a few years, probably decades of of me saying that, you finally, this is an ironic statement because we're also very focused on like self-improvement and growth and like how to mature and how to become more aware of the things going on around you. You said, hey, buddy, I'm just never going to accept you for who you are. I'm going to accept you for the, the best version of yourself you know yeah. and do you remember saying that did I say that correctly
1: yeah it's pretty close and he always says this <laughs> when I'm
0: driving which is <laughs> which is odd
1: no I mean I'm always I've always loved you in whatever condition or state you were in right but you would but your demand was you need to accept that this is who I am and this is who I'm always going to be and I would say no I am so glad I have people in my life who always believe in the better of me and I, I'm always going to be that person in your life that believes in the best version of you.
0: So bringing that full swing back to basketball.
1: Oh, back to the bubble.
0: Back to the bubble. We can create these emotional, relational bubbles for ourselves mm-hmm. where we are unwilling to admit the fact that even though this is a different situation than what we're normally used to,
1: mm-hmm.
0: we've created these like social rules for ourselves going... And these reasons, these excuses, these distractions going, Mm -hmm. you know, life's different right now, so I get to be this way. An anxious mess. A low impulse human. An unkind responder. A lazy worker. A disconnected father or brother or whoever. Mm -hmm. And you're saying that, and maybe I'm saying it wrong, but you could probably say it better, and I hope you will after this. You're saying that the best teams, the best individuals, the greatest players, Regardless of the situation and the bubble and the construct, they will find a way to get rid of all the distractions and hone in on the thing that they're actually trying to achieve and achieve it, despite the million excuses they could make.
1: Absolutely. I love that. It's a great summary. Is that it? No, 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 not (laughs) at all. I think that, again, let's let's take this full circle to a way we can apply this right now. Yeah. What's sucking out your energy? Hmm. What are you allowing to steal from you? And the way you can know well, <laughs> if your energy is being stolen is that it, there's a di- the diminishing experience of joy. What if it,
0: yes, but what if it's just sometimes ourselves? Yes. And it isn't other people or no. that it isn't other like, extraneous factors.
1: Right. And what I would say is the moment you realize that you're on the way to recovery, because Everything around you is just the environment you have to contend with. Right. The real bubble is inside of you. Well I,
0: well, I have this thing, right? Like we talk about this. I, I, we have this an, an amazing ability as humans to be in the worst relationships in the world, but then when they're over, we only remember the good
1: we want them back so bad we want
0: them back so bad
1: there there are actually psychological studies on this right right, yeah. right. You, you've brought them to my attention because i am
0: that person like i'm like <laughs> this is the worst relationship get me out and then i get out and i'm like <gasps> <laughs> I, love, I loved her <laughs> and i hate myself no but but like and i say that jokingly but it's a real thing yeah but you feel it deeply but then i'll come up with all these reasons why it didn't work but then it will always come back to the fact that maybe I just, I wasn't the healthiest or I wasn't the person I was. And that's what makes it really hard. Cause I'm like, okay, well, if I just fix myself, then it will fix that situation. When we are the problem, how do we focus our energy? to Not just build resilience, but to actually change the result. So I don't get into the next relationship, the next situation, the next work situation, the next life, fight, whatever it is, and actually get a different result. How do I weed those things out? How do I red flag those things in my own self? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I I think that's a really important question. I think on a practical level, relationally, even as you change, you cannot cannot always change enough for the person you're with. Okay. And because a lot of times people don't see you for who you're becoming, they see you for who you were. Okay. And you have to give yourself the grace to go, um, we tried... And we both need to move into new relationships, right? But then you come into the next relationship, not the same as you went to the last relationship. You go into the next relationship, having grown from that relationship, so that you're already a different person. At this
0: rate, I'll be roughly around sixty—the <laughs> rate in which I'll be, you know, able to fully function as a partner in life.
1: And well, I I I think that 32 is a great age for you. <laughs> and, uh, but I do think I, I think it's a cool conversation yeah. to have. No, I think it's important for so many people. But you you have to give yourself, and I go back to the word grace, the grace to believe you're not the same. Mm. And humans don't give each other that grace to say, you can grow, you can change, you can be different. But just because people don't doesn't mean that um, God doesn't, that we can't give it to ourselves. Right. And, and as much as possible, we should give it to other people as, as well. And then um, it's like putting, I, yeah, I've only rock climbed, or, or what is it, the rock wall climbed a few times in my life. Right. And, But I, what I did know is that you don't ever move, like you basically have two arms and two legs that you're working with, and you keep one secure. You don't move all four at the same time. And so if you put in the peg on your left hand, then you can elevate with your right hand or elevate with your right and left foot. And a lot of times we try to make changes by moving all four at the same time and we go flying downward, crashing. And what right. you need to realize is, no, growth is incremental. It's one peg at a time. And then you move one peg at a time, one peg at a time. And so instead of uh, beating up on yourself, and I, I don't mean just you, I'm just anyone no, listening. No, I'm, we're, yeah. this is an
0: autopsy. We're, we're using my life.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you go, okay, you know, I, I moved that peg from here to here. I yeah. moved that peg and I've made this progress, I'm growing, I'm becoming uh, a more patient person, a more kind person, a more compassionate person, a more generous person. I mean, there, there was a season in your life where um, you you would not have been known by generosity, but now you're known as an extraordinarily generous person. Like to me, you you climbed that whole rock wall and uh, and that isn't even a challenge for you anymore. You're so generous, you'd you'd go broke in your generosity. We're working on that part. And yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. and so what I'm saying is that there are some things in your life that at one time you would not have seen yourself elevating so high. Yeah. And you have elevated so high. And I, and I feel like in life that and that's what I look at this this bubble for the NBA and that's why I think it's so interesting. There are players that they got in there and suddenly their focus, their concentration of energy, their mental discipline, which I would call resilience, suddenly translated on the court. And it wasn't just that they were better, others were worse. And all of a sudden I think there were players who realized, oh wow, everyone else came in and just assumed they would be less and it would be okay. I'm elevating and now what's happened is create a, a, a differential two times over. They didn't just improve by one quadrant, others declined by one quadru- quadrant. And what I'd say is one of the goals in life is to have what's called tough poise. When things get hard, you just choose that those are the moments you get stronger. Mm. When when everyone goes crazy, that's when you choose to be calm. When everyone gets mean, that's when you choose to be kind. When everyone gets afraid, that's when you choose to be courageous. And if you can make a choice to have tr- this tough poise that says, when when everything around me starts getting more chaotic and more uncertain and more difficult, I am going to make small incremental steps to elevate who I am. It will it's not just that you're raising the bar the floor is dropping for everyone Hmm. so it looks like you're flying and so i don't think that the the necessary ingredients to excel in the bubble is as extraordinary as we think it's that when people get into crisis they lower the bar if you refuse to go down with them you will soar you'll be a Devin booker you'll be a dame lillard uh, um, T.J. Warren. T.J. Warren T. J. the Warren. greatest example of that. Yeah, he'll be a Phoenix Sun. Yeah. And and that's what I, I would hope. And I think one of the challenges is if you're perhaps the best team in the NBA like the Lakers with the greatest talents in the world with AD and LeBron James, I think it's actually more challenging because it's easier to lose your, your foothold and go, darn it, when, when the world was the way it should be, we were the best and we knew we were going to do mm. this. Now the world has changed and we've lost our advantage. And by the way, one of the great advantages in this is home court. That what's happened in the bubble is that everyone is an away team except for the Orlando Magic. Yeah, it's
0: funny. <laughs> yeah, because they're playing the bubble in Orlando.
1: There's only one home team. Right. A huge part of sports is that stars can play when they're away. But the, the, the team player, the guy who's the support player, He thrives at home, but if the stars mostly thrive at home and they don't thrive when they're in adversarial environments, they're going to have a hard time in the bubble. And so here's a critical thing. Oh, and maybe this is, it attaches so well to the scriptures. If you're living your life for the audience of people, you will not thrive in the bubble. But if you're living your life for the audience of one, of how Jesus sees you and celebrates you, you will thrive in the bubble because for you it will always be a home game, even when it's away in an adversarial environment.
0: Mm.
1: And that might be an important lesson to learn.
0: I love it. I think we should stop right there.
1: Except, okay, bonus. We asked people to send us We did, we did.
0: So we're gonna do kind of a new thing at the end of our podcast. yeah. Yeah. New thing. So we set up this email, Aaron at battlereadypodcast.com. Okay. And we basically like opened a channel for people to reach out, give us feedback, shoot us ideas for next episodes, kind of just have a conversation. I tried to get back. I got back to like half the emails this week. This week kind of got away from us, Wait, away from me. But I got a really, really cool email from a guy named Russ. Hey, and- Russ. Hey Russ, <laughs> and he he actually shot a really long email, which I thought was really cool. Does
1: Russ say what city he lives in?
0: He actually doesn't.
1: Hey guys, tell us where you're from. Yeah, tell us where you're from.
0: from. Most of the people did. Okay, but Russ didn't. But he but he he kind of gave, and by long email, I want it was pretty short. But then he gave like a bunch of different ideas of like things he would. He would love to hear on a podcast with us, and so can I. Can we just kind of go into a little bit of his email? Sure. I wrote him back a, a quicker response because like, hey, look, we're gonna actually do some of this in the podcast, so like, I'll just address it in the podcast. And but it was really, he was, it was really cool to kind of shoot a couple of emails back and forth. So thank you to everyone who shot an email to us. And if you haven't responded, I will get back to you this week and and you know shoot emails. And I'm excited and also share the podcast and rate the podcast That's on awesome. iTunes. Yeah, if you're on, if you're listening to the podcast on YouTube or Spotify, go to Apple. And rate the podcast. You can give us one to five stars, write a review, give a comment, whatever you want to do. Um, but do that. That helps us. Um, okay, so here's the first thing. First question. Last three books you read and what stood
1: out? Well, the last book I read was Shoe Dog. Shoe dog, yeah. And of course I went back and reread Robert Heinlein's Gloria Road. Okay. Great one. On top of that. And have
0: you read Dune recently?
1: Not reselling.
0: I saw you had it at the house. I didn't know if you'd gone into it yet. Decades, decades. They're making a movie on it, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. I had uh, a Devil Wears Prada moment because someone from our team was at the the Grove. It was like a mall Mm -hmm. in our area, and they're like, we're going to Barnes & Noble's if you need anything, or Apple Store. And I was like, oh, can you go to the Barnes & Noble's across the street? Can you get me Ready Player Two, this sci-fi novel? (laughs) And and, and then I get a text from Tess, who's one of our – producers and our teammates and also a good friend part of our family she's like hey ready player 2 is doesn't come out till november 24th <laughs> and i was like that sounds like a you problem <laughs> not a me <laughs> problem and i was mostly joking but i was kind of in a spicy mode and she i think she just didn't respond and then she called me later and was like hey we might have actually gotten you an early copy of this book ready player two and if i did that's the biggest that would be the book i read next oh
1: and i have to mention a third book okay a third book our friend kerry arcos has a Brand new novel, first sci-fi novel called Skywatchers. That makes that's awesome. It's that's so going to come cool. And this, th- this is her
0: third her third book published.
1: Yes, it is. She's normally what that young adult the genre.
0: YA genre, but this is her first sci-fi.
1: Sci-fi. And really her exciting. and I have t- for years we've talked about how we love sci-fi and so yeah. I'm so excited for that's her. So
0: exciting. And her husband's actually a lifelong friend of yours. Uh,
1: David is amazing.
0: I grew up with him kind of like a big brother. You're like your big brother. You know? And and I remember, like, I would grow up with him, and he he lived with the, our family multiple times before he got married. And I would, like, eat cereal on Saturday mornings, and he would do push ups, and I'd be, like, on his back while he was doing push ups and watching cartoons and the whole thing.
1: So go to Amazon, pick up Skywatchers Kerry Arcos.
0: Yes. <laughs> Skywatchers Kerry Arcos. It's going to be exciting. Other questions? Other questions. Here's the next one from Russ. He, he asked a question about your personal life. I heard about Irwin's creative room would love to see pictures Uh, debatable um hear more (laughs) about it uh hear more about his writing process and routine you also spelled here wrong but we're not going to judge um even how you both approach the spaces of your life to make them attractive inviting for what you're wanting to achieve or experience see like this is such a great it's like three lines and it says it, it creates such a great conversation
1: well a couple of guys came over this week and helped me move all the stuff in my room again And again and again, it probably won't be the last time. So I keep rearranging it, uh, moving around all the chaos in that room, and creating a a space that I enjoy writing in and creating in and playing in. Um, So maybe one day we'll do a little tour.
0: No, it's (laughs) it's such a cool room, and and you kind of you have both like creative space, some fun space, Uh, uh, some workspace, two two walls
1: that are basically. Uh, Whiteboards where I can write and erase books and stuff, yeah. uh, Ping pong and foosball table, yeah. And And it's
0: it's funny because it's not a big room, so you're like, How do I move all these things? I'm like, You just have to start getting rid of stuff,
1: and I I can't. (laughs) You can't, everything has meaning in there, okay. And so, it's a combination of art, yes, and sports yeah and uh creativity imagination all that pull together
0: and i'm really bad at decorating my house so usually I ask a friend or someone else and that's really just not my forte uh, i love aesthetics but not in my own personal space for some reason <laughs> yeah i have I,
1: a lot of old graphic novels i have a lot of old um i uh 33s like play beetle albums and stuff like that you have a ton of them classic all. comics yeah
0: Super cool, and like some cool sports paraphernalia yeah. that you've kind of acquired over the last. You got the LAFC golden shoes. They sent that they to you did, for they humanitarian work. Beautiful award. award. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, okay, he went in. T- he did one that I actually wanted to do a whole podcast on. He, this Russ is great. Uh, future of the Church. This one I thought was really interesting. What do you guys see? I'm going to mm-hmm. say the names because we love all these sure. people. John Mark Khmer, who I love, seems to kind of scoff at the whole digital is the future talk and seems to just want normal again. Michael Todd, who is also incredible in podcasts, is all the. This is in quotations. The future is digital, and it changes everything. It changes everything. Judah is Judah Smith is capitalizing on church home concept and closing buildings, et cetera. And of course, there's all sorts of approaches in between. Curious where you two land. I've listened many times to your podcasts back in February, emphasizing the importance of buildings in religion to mark permanence and thus the grievance over here to stay not turning out as hoped. I gave, this is in parenthetical thought, I gave towards this and was so bummed by the way. During COVID, has your convictions on building in permanent spaces, buildings in permanent spaces increased, lessened, or stayed the same? Yeah. There's a couple okay. different things here. It's a lot there. So can we just address the future of the church first? Sure. Or well, whatever let me, you want to I want to work
1: backwards because... Always um, working backwards. Yeah. Here what, to stay. The last question. Well, it's because... Um, i'm 62 years old basically and here in la for 30 years and i've never tried to buy property ever in the 30 years here as a church and um and even before that uh before i came to la uh, buying property was never a value or a high priority for me Uh, the only reason we tried to buy the property in hollywood is its location on hollywood boulevard in la brea because it's in the heart of hollywood and it's an iconic space so i've probably uh, would say that if you look at the historical context, my peers would be like the Bill Hybels and Rick Warrens and Brian Houstons of the world. Those are the guys that were my age, my yeah. peers. They were all building centered. They bought massive buildings, have properties, right. and put a great amount of the church resource into properties. Yeah. I was probably the singular person of my generation with the amount of like influence and and um, and weight of a ministry that never bought property. Yeah. So uh, buying, trying to buy this property was not within my view of reality, it was an, a unique exception because of where it was and why we were doing it. And, and I think it's really important because sometimes we confuse a person's value system with a particular strategy. The strategies can change, but it doesn't mean your value systems have to change every time. Uh, I think he said that John Mark Comer was saying that uh, the future is not digital. And then that, that's actually right. The present is digital.
0: Yeah, we are already digital.
1: Yeah, to, to, to say that the future isn't digital is to not be realistic about the present. Right. Because you know? even
0: how you are consuming this podcast in in this moment is not analog. It is digital.
1: And everyone who's hearing him say the future is not digital is hearing Unless, it through yeah, a digital medium. no one is in the room with him at the Yeah, moment. so the reality is that um, whether you like this reality or not, it, it, we live in a digital reality. Yeah, it, it, yeah.
0: we could go so deep down that and, trail of thought.
1: Right, and we tend to be bipolar in our, in our views of the future. Uh, just because it's digital doesn't mean it isn't going to be personal. Mm. And in fact, the more of something you get, the more value the opposite becomes. And I, I love the fact that you've pointed out that uh, vinyl I- I has become almost more valuable. Yeah.
0: yeah, I think, I think vinyl is, is a great example of that, right? They said mm. vinyl was going to die when the cassette tape and then the CD came out. Yeah. and then in reality cassette and CDs have pretty much died mm-hmm. and vinyl is this thing that is so tactile and beautiful sounding that it has created its own subculture and has kind of like revitalized and had like a complete upswing in its popularity and it's ne- and it's um necessity to the music industry but you can't take vinyl on a plane and listen to it while you're flying to you know London or mm-hmm. Mexico City or any of the places we're going, so you can't take it with you. So it is this idea that if you want to modernize, it's something that you said to Rob Bell 20 mm-hmm. years ago, that if, if you want to be remembered, if you want to go down in history, if you want to be remembered, you have to write books, write mm-hmm. Like you can't yeah. just think. It's not enough to just think and to speak. You actually have to put it down into writing. It's the same thing with, with, with this new era of digital. It's like, it's not just enough to say it. You have to actually record it. You have to put it out there.
1: Yeah, I, I think an interesting, maybe... Side note would be I don't think anyone thinks the NBA bubble is going to replace an actual NBA experience live.
0: No, what's their new branding? It's um, a whole new game. A whole new game. NBA. It's a whole new game.
1: But but that's not even an analogy. So the analogy is not will we ever go back to the Staples Center or we will always watch virtually through the bubble. That's not the that's not the real comparison. The question is, why hasn't um NBA what is it? Two K or the video,
0: right? NBA Two K.
1: Why hasn't NBA Two K replaced the NBA? Right. See, if the virtual is so much better than the reality, you can you, then the virtual game should have already replaced sports, but it doesn't because we humans are still um, textured, where we need human contact, human interaction, and the reality of the experience. Digital
0: is an amplification, yeah, of the analog, right? Yeah. It, it, digital records, <laughs> it 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 collects, yeah. and then it amplifies. Mm-hmm. And then I
1: think Mike Todd, who has just absolutely just uh, changed the game in that he's done such regard. a great job. His his book on relationships has exploded. Number one His best talks seller. explode. And and you know what? I don't I don't even know Mike Todd. I just uh, no. I, you did?
0: Did you you met him? Did you meet him? Uh, I met him, and I didn't know who he was. And he was the kindest person. I'm just saying I don't know him. You know, right? right personally, right? right. Personally, right. Uh, but every. Thing I've seen
1: about him, he's the warmest, kindest, most authentic, beautiful human being. So, and I would say he
0: genuinely is. Yeah, I'm so glad for his success. Yeah,
1: and but I think he's somewhere in the Midwest. He he is he in Tulsa? I think he's in Tulsa. Tulsa. Yeah, and for him to have the level of impact that his gifting and talented message is going to have, his world is digital. Yeah, because if
0: you only if. Because it is in tulsa it's it's also too small i'm sure the people of tulsa are amazing
1: yeah but the, but it's too small for the level of impact he's going to have and so the world is digital for him already because that's the world he's actually reaching so away. now here's
0: an interesting question right yeah. because you came to la because it really was the melting pot and is i still believe the future of the world
1: la was the epicenter of the, of humanity's future
0: it was, it was kind of pre-digital yeah pre the internet absolutely would that change? And the only reason Mike Todd can, can well, one, if, if God's in your life, it doesn't matter where you are. He's, yeah. I think that's the greatest example. It's like yeah. you can be in Tulsa and God's still going to use you to build something massive. Where yes. would you go now? Because it but doesn't it, matter where you are. That would
1: go the other way. His digital platform exists because he has a great local church that platforms That platforms,
0: them. and yeah, yeah, right. No, and that's no, why absolutely. it's like you can't go to either extreme. Like um, You can't go to a cave in the middle of nowhere and expect to have the same kind of influence. Well,
1: yeah, well, you can, but you, 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 it, it, it will probably not work out for you the way that you hoped. Right. And because one, your messaging won't be as relevant. See, a part of the reason I know what to say to millions of people across the world is that I'm actually interacting with people one-on-one, one-on-five, one-on-ten in real life. I, what, I, what, I, what I'm learning, I'm learning in the context of real life, not digital life. See, what I'm sharing digitally, I'm learning in reality.
0: And I think that is more of like a golden moment than I think most people who are listening may even realize if you're wondering how he communicates the way he communicates is the fact that he's only really amplifying conversations he's already had and then insights he has gained since having that conversation. Yeah. And then you're letting everyone, you're turning a light on it, you're, turning it, you're opening it up to everyone and you're going, okay, look, this is this this conversation that I've held in my yeah. head for the last like week or two or yeah. months or years.
1: So I will say one beautiful thing about the church that I'm excited about. Um, the church is usually so far behind in technology yeah. that it, usually the technology is becoming antiquated by the time we're actually catching on. Yeah, and I think, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But all these yeah. great young leaders, uh, they grew up in the digital age, so they're capturing technology at the same time on the forefront. And yeah. it's gonna allow the message of Jesus and the, the truths of the scriptures and uh, to get to the world in a really relevant way. And I do think, I do think
0: Judas Smith's interesting because everyone was criticizing him. Mm-hmm. Selling his buildings, doing X, Y, Z, changing s- staff up or whatever he was doing, the murmurs, the, the rumors, the the what was going on underneath the surface or what was going on. And then you have quarantine and the crazy person looks like the genius. And I think that's a great example of like, that's the moment where he's like, whatever was behind it, something in the madness of it all prepared him for the moment that is now mm-hmm. you know whether the app is a wild success or not he's positioned and postured himself in a way to be forward thinking enough right. and now it can only pick up because no one is anyone who's complaining about church which i don't think seattle people complain about not going to church because they barely go to church anyways <laughs> so we have a church in seattle and that's a whole thing right. and we love you all of you every single one of you shout out to the seattle people <laughs> but but it's like yeah. the seahawks play they don't show up so you deal that with your whole life. You got to no, put it on everybody that. everybody shows up to but the Seahawks. You know what I'm saying? If, if the Seahawks are playing, yeah. you don't show up to church. Yes, that's right. So you're, you're, yeah, you so show up for the game, if, you don't show up for church. If the sun comes outside, <laughs> you don't show up to church.
1: And I guarantee you the Seahawks fans will never <laughs> accept a digital replacement long term. The moment so they can fill that stadium, they're going to be the twelfth man. 100%. And maybe the church is supposed to be the twelfth man. We're supposed to want to be in the room because we know we make a difference.
0: But do you think sometimes we tire ourselves out by doing fifty-two weeks of of, of church a year, where it makes it a little less special? Because like some, honestly, like I don't like baseball because of how many games there are, but I love the playoffs because I know it's limited and it's high pressure and it's well, the NBA has eighty-two and the games
1: and we only have fifty-two Sundays, so I don't know if we're it's overkill yet. But the first
0: twenty-five <laughs> of them are trash. <laughs> They're terrible, and they're not competitive, and you have to leave. This is your heart out. Okay. So with that, I think the future of the church is going to be okay. But I do think John, we need John Mark Comer, and we need Judith Smith, and, and we, we need Mike Todd, and we need that kid who's going to go, like, I can't get a building. I can't get anyone to lease me a space, but I can maybe build an app or program a website and go, like, I can get a message out to people yeah. and tell the, tell what I know in my heart.
1: Well, I'm just glad I'm I'm alive in a moment where, we can have one conversation that could spread to millions, if not billions of people across the world. If you had had this conversation 100 years ago, people would have thought we were um, uh, drowning in madness. Yeah. And yet here we are in this moment where we can make a difference and we can do a podcast together. If you had told
0: people that the internet was gonna exist 150 years ago, they would have thought this is witchcraft. It <laughs> yeah. would have
1: burned us at the stake. Yeah, and that's right. And, and yet, just the turn of this century um, has changed everything. Mm. What I do know is the church is resilient and uh, and if this planet is the bubble, the church has the ability to overcome whatever we face and thrive in the middle of all the chaos.
0: The future of the church is bright.
1: Yeah. Hey, I love doing this with you.
0: Love doing this with you. All right. And also shout out to Russ and everybody who shot out emails and wrote some stuff and we're grateful for you.
1: All right. And then you know, everyone mentioned go pick up Mike Todd's book, go pick up Chad Vich book. book. Yeah. Go pick up Judah Smith's book. Um yeah. and John Mark Kamara's book. Go pick up John Mark Kamara's yeah. book, go pick up Kerry Arkus's book. Whenever we talk about anyone, yeah, 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 yeah. we want to just give them a shout out because yeah. we are for everyone yeah, for on sure. the team. Yeah, for sure. Like so not
0: I, like for everyone, but like most of the, most people. <laughs> I'm just yeah, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, That's yeah. why it's so much fun doing this with no, you. No, it is, it really is. Really, <laughs> no, but like even all of them, like it, it, you could not name five different, more, more different people, and that's yeah. the, kind of the beauty of this world. And yeah. you need them all. All right.
1: All right, bye. Take care.